630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, this texter says, I've been a seat holder for eight years. I bought season tickets because my daughter, 17, wanted to go watch football. Uh, the other thing is, why do they why do they start the season sooner? Uh, but, or I guess he's saying, move the Grey Cup to before Halloween. Play it before it gets cold. This texture says, I loved it when I was younger seeing Ricky Ray play and the recent soccer qualities were the best or the recent soccer qualifiers were the best sporting events I've ever been to. Getting to see Alfonso Davies play the Elks or any other CFL team just don't present that X factor. James says, if the coach was allowed to say the season ticket renewal was going to be a major failure. Honestly, James, I, I, I personally... For my interaction with fans, I, I detected more animosity towards Brock Sunderland, though, you know, I think Jamie had his struggles as well. Bones from Onaway says the Elks are allowed to have a bad season, just like every team in the CFL. It's just too bad it was after COVID-19. Sure, the team was badly outcoached, but it happens to all teams. A uh, few people complaining about the name change. You know, as, as I've stated before, uh, I, we did a lot on the name change when it happened, and I, I took a lot of your opinions through calls and texts on both sides of the fence. Clearly, which whatever happened, if they kept the old name or changed the name, there were going to be some unhappy people. Personally, and this is just me personally, and I'm not trying to pick a fight with anybody, I, w- I would say this to you if you came up and talked to me when, if, if I was out having a pint or shopping at the comic book store, like, if you stop cheering for a team because of the team name, I, I don't. I personally don't understand that. If that's your personal choice, I, I mean, if the team was eleven and three, would you be bitching about the name change still? I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, you know, if the Oilers changed their name tomorrow, would you would you burn your Connor McDavid jersey? I don't know. Maybe you would. I, I think there would be some people that wouldn't. Uh, all right, we're gonna get to uh, some more calls here. But first, uh, Dave Campbell is going to hop on the show. Dave, we'll we'll take some calls here together at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I I thought for me and Murray today, I heard a very uh, a very blunt message. I, I was wondering if uh, you know he was going to try and put on some uh, some lipstick on a pig today. Uh, I feel basically we just saw a very yeah. dirty pig when Ian Murray laid out the challenges the team has had, not just this past year, but uh, for the last decade, he really said. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I think it was different messaging than I've heard before from uh, a board chair from the Elks Board of Directors. I thought he was very honest. I also thought he was very respectful to the three people that he let go or that the board decided to let go and Chris Preston, Brock Sunderland and, and Jamie Elizondo, but not ignoring the, the, the factors why they were let go and, you know, everything. And, you know, there's, there is reasons there's, there's more, but, you know, he's being respectful to the three respectful to the process right now, but after another after, on the field, off the field, and the noise got louder. And when you look out at the last three home games, which is about the saddest I've ever seen that stadium look when it comes to a, 
involving the Edmonton Elks in the history of this of this franchise. Uh, it was sad. There's a lot of more service. You know, I, I talked to several season ticket holders just throughout the year, and they said, I don't feel valued by this organization. I don't get anyone calling me back. No one answers the phone. I get an email. I don't get a reply. When I do get uh, someone on the phone or I'm at the team store trying to figure something out, you know, in, in the beginning, some a lot of people are getting their, their tickets printed because they didn't have, you know, the, 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 the proper phone to download the mobile ticketing. Uh, there was chaos there and just general rudeness towards uh, the fan base once too often. So you're three and 11, that's one factor, but I think it's everything else around uh, this three and 11 record. That is why we're here today. All right. We'll go to the certainty hotline, 780-496-0063. We have Nicole standing by. Hey, Nicole, go ahead. Hi there. I guess I just have a couple comments. One, when I, you know, when I hear in the interview and I hear the fan base referred to as old, I think that dangerously isolates the fans that are actually coming out and participating in the games. And I think isolating them may make the organization lose them too. But when it comes to actually engaging in the community, sure, it would be great for players to go and read books in schools that may plant the seed for football. But there's a whole target-rich environment of minor football players and high school football players that would probably love to have that interaction. And I remember we're a football family, and I remember when our kids were, you know, in the atom level of football, players would come out to practice. It would be one player, but they would sign some stuff. They'd participate in drills. And all of the young players thought they walked on water. And, and it seems to have gone away from that. I think that the organization would probably, it would serve them well to maybe offer clinics, offer camps, show up at, at the practices. And I understand there's a season and there are other commitments. But at the end of the day, community supports people that they're connected to. And if there's no connection because you've just seen them on TV, then why would you try to have any opportunity for FaceTime. And then on the flip side, maybe players would feel, if they feel more connected to community, may actually work a little harder, be, be more motivated, because they're looking up in the stands and seeing all of the youth that they actually engaged with in this past week. And then Edmonton becomes more than just a drop-off site to play. Nicole, very well thought out call. Thanks for listening. Take care. That's Nicole, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Also have Corey standing by. Corey, you're on Inside Sports, man. Go ahead. Hi, guys. How's it going tonight? Well, I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah, it's been a day, hasn't it? Um, yeah. Hey, Dave, I just want to comment on what you what you had to say before I before Nicole's call there. And I felt like you were talking to me in my interactions with the office this year. You call, you don't get a call back. I, I told them that they had a week to call me back, and they couldn't even bother doing that no i'm a 25 year uh season ticket holder i got my plaque this year um but one of the biggest things that i noticed that that uh that the team and for that matter chad because when this promotion started chad was involved our kids seasons tickets you know I've got a six-year-old and an eight-year-old that love going with me, and I was able to get them season's tickets all in with fees for 70 bucks. I can afford that. Families typically can afford that. Now, that is, I saw that advertised once the first year that it was available. And it's been available, I believe this is the third year. And, and the, the, the reason why Chad was involved was because it was a $63 
um, promotion for kids' tickets for the year. Now, why is this not being promoted to families? That is above my pay grade. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's that's the question a lot of people are asking, right? Yeah. And then I guess to then I guess the question that that raises is, would that get people to go, or are we at the point where fans across the country are just tuning out the league, even if it's more affordable, right, Corey? Well, I, I'd sure hope that fans aren't turning out the lead, league. Someone earlier said that TSN's coverage of the league is phenomenal, and it is. Um, but for myself, like I said, I've been going for 25 years. I love going to the games. My kids absolutely love going with me. This is something that should just have the, the daylights promoted out of it to get families out there. Um I forget, I, you know, it gets to the point where I even forget what I'm paying for my own seat, but I know that I'm hardly paying anything to get my kids in the door, and it allows me to have a night with my boys out, an affordable night with my boys out, where, I mean, other than this year and, and them piling up the losses, which certainly compounds the frustration of a lot of people, the, the kids just have a blast going, and, and me and my boys get to have a great night out. So... Corey, we appreciate you sharing that, man. Yeah, Thanks. thank you. 780 496 uh, I don't know. Somebody's suggesting Blake Dermott for general manager. I don't think he's interested, Dave. No, I think he's, uh, he's, he's pretty much tied up with his uh, new job that he's had for what? I think, I think what, six to eight months, something like that. So. No, I don't think Blake would be interested in that job. No. All right. We have Christian on the open line as well. Christian, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, I just was wanting to say that uh, I don't think it's fair that uh, the coach or the president of Irish should be able to let go this year because with COVID, it just threw a wrench into everything. So I don't think this season is really a fair assessment of the, the qualities of the people who got let go. Yeah, I, I think with Coach Elizondo, I, I, I think that's an interesting uh, statement. I mean, I, I think he had some tough moments as a coach. I, I guess my question back to you, Christian, is if you were in Elizondo's position and you didn't get fired today, would, wouldn't you be a little bit nervous about the new GM and then you're just sitting there waiting to see whether or not he wants you? Uh, yeah, it would definitely give me concern, but... Like, if the next season you can are able to prove that you're worth keeping around, then I don't see why that wouldn't be a, a worthwhile trek because it's not like you're losing anything. But yeah. it, it's just too much change in one go, is, I think, is just worrisome. Well, yeah, massive, massive change. Yeah. For, did you go to any games this year, Christian? Yeah, I went uh, to, uh, I think it was like the Edmonton Stamps game this year, so... Cool. Okay. Thanks for calling, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, and that's another thing, Dave. I mean, this is, I mean, like I said, we're, we're coming off uh, one of the worst seasons ever. You have to go back to a season in the 60s in which they lost, in which they won fewer games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, it's it's fine. You've, you've got the people fired who were in key positions. Now you got to figure out where you're going next. And, and that's... <laughs> And that's another thing. I mean, President, I, I mean, Jay Lynn asked me, okay, is there uh, an alumni who would want to be president? Sean Fleming's name comes up all the time. 
I don't know how interested he is. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying he's not interested. I I just don't know. And w- would you? Would I like somebody local, northern Alberta, understands the market? Absolutely. I I don't know how many of those people are interested in the job. Yeah, and that's why they, you know, the the firm they hired, they there's a reason why they do it. It's because you don't want to just pigeonhole yourself into one area. You want to make sure you have the right person in place. And I mean, everyone was surprised when Chris Preston was named the president because he's from Arizona. Uh, you know, that's that's fine. I mean, he was he was a a guy that uh, has a lot of history, had a lot of history of really building a brand in in markets where you really had to reach the public and and he had some good momentum before the pandemic started and then completely derailed so um th- th- you know th- there's going to be some familiar names uh that i'm sure is going to be bandied about fleming's name will be bandied about i mean i saw today uh you know rod Connup, uh trent brown although he's got a pretty good career too um you know there's there's others uh, Lee Genier, who's had some experience in, in pro sports um, at the NLL level, National Lacrosse League, but, you know, that might be another name. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, as I talk to you, I'm struggling to figure out other names, but uh, I think that's an area that maybe they want to focus on a little bit more is, is there any value of staying home? Someone that knows the marketplace, someone that has been a former player, but you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into you know, just getting a name to fill the job because what if that name isn't suited for the job, no matter if that name is recognizable? So, you know, the, the, the president role is different than the GM role, in my opinion, because the GM role, you have a lot more options and more options there that would make, you know, that would make that would make sense because you can go to any pool you want. I mean, Wally Bono is going to come up, who's, who's been hired as a consultant in the GM search, there's a lot of names that he's going to probably consider and he's going to have a nice short list, but for the president, it's not exactly, uh, it's too simple to say it's got to be an alumni and someone that knows Edmonton and, and the history of the franchise. I think you're really, really going down the wrong tree. If that, uh, if that's what you are up the wrong tree, if that's what you really want to do, if that person is a fit, great. But I think, that's why the search is going to be pretty expansive as uh, who can come in and, and do what the board of directors want. What do they want? They want their name out there of the, uh, the team. They want good marketing. They want good branding with the Elks name, with the marketing and, and, and the, uh, and, and the merchandising. And they need a way to connect back to the community, which I know we're still in COVID and you have to find a way to get out of this. Uh, we're still trying to find a way to get out of this. And, but how do you connect in this time? And I think there's ways to do it, and I don't think there were steps taken maybe far enough by the organization to go and connect with the fan base. So there's a lot to consider. So you can't just say, well, it's John Fleming. Okay, what if he doesn't want it? That's valid. And what if he's not the right fit? Just because you're an alumni doesn't mean you're the right fit. So that's why it has to make sense. So the president role, that's uh, that, that's a tough one. Um but you know what? That's why you hire a search firm, and the search firm will will be able to, to check all the boxes that the club is looking for. All right, let's go to Nick on uh, the line as well. Nick, you're on with Dave and Reed. Go ahead. Hey, Reed, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, um, I'm actually I'm actually calling just to ask you a quick question, just because 
I played football for seven years and when I, in my youth, and I'm, uh, I'm on the wrong side of 30 now. But when I look around my social group, uh, no, I don't really have too many friends that are hardcore CFL fans. There are lots of buddies that are NFL fans and a lot of buddies that are NHL hardcore fans. But I don't really see my demographic being a hardcore CFL fan. But yet, you know, my uncles and, and my dad and my older cousins, you know, still diehard CFL fans. Do you think the CFL is engaging with the younger population to replace the fans that are maybe getting a little old? No. <laughs> well, is there anything you do to recommend? Just because, you know, that's just, the Elks are so far in the back of my brain that I forget they're honestly even playing at points in time of the season. Meanwhile, the Oilers, I listen to 630 Chad between noon and two religiously every day to get every little soak of information I can. Um, oh, I'm not going to tell Bob good. that. That'll go to his head. No, I know it would. <laughs> but I think that would be my major concern. Obviously, a winning team helps put people in the seats, but uh, I don't know how they're doing with uh, the next generation when it comes to making CFL fans. Yeah, that's that's fair. Thanks, Nick. We appreciate it. I, I don't mean to cut you short there, but I gotta take a quick timeout. We got Jim on the hold as well. It's inside sports on Chet. Trevor says change to four down football. It's funny, actually, uh, Len Rose, the former president of the team, suggested that on this show about a year ago. Don says bring back Chris Jones for coach. Well, you never know. Certainty Hotline has Jim standing by. Jim, go ahead. Gentlemen, Dave, I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm not sorry. I'm going to disagree with you. I really think that you need somebody that knows the history of what Edmonton means to the CFL and what the CFL means to Edmonton, uh, what, what the Elks mean. And, and, and without that, I said, uh, I don't want anybody that doesn't know that. And I don't want anybody from the NFL because they stay here for a couple of years and then, and then they're gone. Now, as far as the three getting fired, the only one I feel sorry for is the coach. I mean, he didn't make the trades. He didn't sign the contracts. You, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So I really do feel sorry for him. But as far as the general manager goes, he got exactly what he deserved, along with the president, because in our history in the back, the first one to always go was the coach. So in a nutshell, guys, I don't. I feel sorry for the one, but not the other two. And I like to disagree with Dave once in a while. Yeah, that's fine, Jim. Uh, Dave, thanks for going through the segment with the callers here too. Um, yep. Do you, do you want to respond to that at all? Well... I mean, he can disagree with you. That's fine. Uh, he's disagreed with me a lot for the last 25 years. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm used to it with Jim. Uh, you know, if they can find the person that Jim describes, I would be thrilled. But here's my concern. If they don't, this isn't a failure. So that's what I'm worried about. If it's not an ex-alumni or an, an, an Elk alumni or a double-E alumni, then, the, then it was a complete failure. Um, I don't want to judge it that way yet, um, but if, if that criteria is met by someone who used to play and is, is a good understanding of the business side of football, because that's the key. It's the business side of football that needs to be taken care of at the president and CEO level, and then you have a general manager that takes care of the football side. And I know the Riders were fortunate in Jim Hobson. And I know the, the Bombers right now are fortunate in Wade Miller. Both individuals have excellent uh, business minds along with football minds, but they let 
the football mind be the football mind and they stay in the in the business lane. That's what the Elks need. Dave, thanks for doing this, buddy. Have a great night. It's going to be interesting over the next few weeks. Uh, always a pleasure, Reed. More on the Elks, Kelly Rudy and Stoffer coming up between 7 and 8. Thanks. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.